0: Thanks, Kerry. Why don't we pray uh, once more before we hear God's word being taught. Father, thanks for your words. Father, pray for our own hearts now. That whatever it could be trying to uh, take control, trying to vie for competition, pray that you'd stop you'd stop what's going on uh, that you'd help us to listen uh, you'd help us then to uh, receive the word you'd help us then to act uh, upon it thanks that your word uh, indeed it does a work it does your work so help us to listen uh, to you today in Jesus name amen Here's the question to begin with are you listening are you listening to me more importantly are you listening to what's being taught my Nana passed away a long time ago but five years before she died gradually her hearing got worse it's really tough when You know somebody and you're able to communicate them well, uh, and then they deteriorate. I wonder if you've had that experience. Many of us, I'm sure, have. Uh, And hearing is a terrible sense to lose. I remember shouting at my nana as a young boy, not quite understanding why she wasn't listening anymore. See, here's Mark, and he is writing account of the Lord Jesus. He wants his readers to understand the gospel. We know what the gospel is. Mark 1, verse 1 has already said it. The good news of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. And now the plot is unravelling. It's like Midsummer Murders. We're gradually getting an idea of who Jesus is, or Scooby-Doo, if that's your favourite. Who is the criminal? But of course, Mark is asking, who is this man? Or he's pointing in all his material for us to have a a good idea so that we can answer it for ourselves. Who is this man? And here in Mark chapter 4, it's the third time that Mark accounts for Jesus' teaching. And look at verse 1. This time the crowd is so large. Why is the crowd so large? Uh, Well, last Sunday, if you were here, we were in Mark 2. We were in Mark 2 with a paralysed man. Just a fabulous story of a man in desperate need of help. His friends took him to see the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus, instead of saying, my son, get up, take your mat, your legs are healed, he looked at the man and said, your sins are forgiven. We deduced last week that man's greatest need our greatest need is the forgiveness of sins. And so the crowd a gathering. Who is this man? And there's around four groups of people, four different groups of people. There are the teachers of the law. Remember them last week, grumbling? Who is this man? What kind of fella can say such things? It's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And of course, Mark wants us to understand, yeah, yeah. Jesus is God. Jesus is the God-man. So the teachers of the law, they're following him from Galilee and also some from Jerusalem. They've heard about him. There are those who are sick, those who have disease, those who have heard that this man is a miracle man. Let's go and see Jesus. If he can help, I want to see him. And then I guess there's a third group, the Messiah group is perhaps. Who is this man we've heard and could he be the long-awaited Messiah? Could this actually be the man that we've waited, what, 400 years for? Since the last conversation about him is recorded in God's word. Could this man be him sent from God, the one who's going to save his people? And then the fourth group the disciples. And so Jesus, because there are so many people, he gets out onto the lake on a boat and begins to teach them. They're stood on the shoreline and Jesus is in a boat. Can you imagine the scene? Can you picture it? I had the joy and the pleasure of uh, being uh, in Israel. Uh, We went for a boat trip on Lake Galilee, Kerry and I, uh, a few other people too, And we just tried to picture this really hard still even being there. It was monumental. It was magnificent. On the boat and the waves and you think, wow, Jesus walked here. Wow, Jesus maybe stood just there. And you got a good picture. But to be amongst the crowd, to see this man, a very ordinary looking man, and off he went teaching. And he taught in parables. I wonder why Mark records this one. See in verse two. He taught them many things by parables. We're going to do a little series in the summer on parables. But Jesus taught many things by parables. Mark wants us to grasp this one. There's something that Mark has in mind. Of course, Mark doesn't include every parable that Jesus ever taught. Selected because he's trying to help the picture build up to reveal who this man is so this has something to do with jesus's identity (laughs) and what he's able to do what he's able to bring three things uh, that we're going to look at um, this afternoon we're going to look at the parable going to try and understand or, or actually see the parable read the parable again and understand the parable we're going to look a little bit at the reason for parables. There's a tricky few verses uh, in the middle of there. I wonder if you pick them up. We're going to look at them. See what on earth um, Jesus means by teaching in parables. And thirdly, we're going to look at the meaning of the parables. So you've got the story, the actual parable itself. And then you've got the reason that Jesus taught all parables. And then you've got the meaning of the parables uh, com- coming up um, at the end. So let's look at the parable. What is a parable? It's a story. Don't we all love stories? From the tortoise and the hare? From the hobbit? Those stories uh, at the end of the 10 o'clock news, most of them um, ridiculous, I don't know. Perhaps they just, with all the bad news that comes in, we finish uh, on a good note. So the newsreader, here's Bouncer. Look at him, a brown Labrador, found 1,000 miles away from his home. He jumped on a freight train his owners thought they would never see him again and here they are reunited with him we love a story parables are stories that have meanings so here's the parable of the sower or perhaps the seed or perhaps the different types of soil let's look at these three different things is it about the sower or the farmer sows the word sows the seed is it about the seed what is the seed well it's about the good news of Jesus how we to be careful uh, with it perhaps or what about the soil the emphasis on how people receive what they hear and I guess here's the key the soil receives the seed that the sower sows the soil receives the seed that the sower sows i didn't say that quite right did i the soil receives the seed that the sower sows what sort of soil are you I think that's a key question for us. Be careful how you hear. Are you listening? Because it's the soil that makes the difference. Look, in verse 3, Jesus starts by saying, listen. He's like a coach, a sports coach that gathers his team together. Maybe at half time, we're 2-0 down. He gathers them together and he's going, hey, listen up. Come on. Hey, Billy, stop it. Listen up. Listen up. Come on. Listen up listen to me verse 9 those who have ears to hear look at verse 12 ever hearing verse 15 as soon as they hear it verse 16 they hear the word verse 18 hear the word verse 20 hear the word so perhaps the parable is more about the soil how the soil receives the seed that the sower sows and how are we to receive we're to listen we're to hear and we're to act so there's the parable can you imagine the story the farmer as he sows his seed as he puts his hand in the bag that was tied round his waist and scatters the seed far and wide then some falls along the path look birds came They eat it up quickly. It's hard. The path is where feet tread continually. There's no way that the seed is going to fall deep into the soil. And straight away, bang, birds. Let's take that. And some of the seed falls on rocky places. It did not have much soil. It's thin. The rocks are there. But what happens? Well, it springs up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, The plants were scorched, they withered because they had no root. An other seed falls among the thorns. The sower scattering far and wide and it falls amongst the thorns. What happens? Well, it grows, but then it's choked. It's choked by the weeds, so they did not bear grain. And verse 8, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Have you done that? Have you walked in a field of barley? <laughs> Not just because of the song, but have you done it? Have you walked and just brushed your hand over? A little bit like for the guy's gladiator. You know Maximus as he does that at the beginning of that movie? Oh, it's beautiful. The corn, the grain, the barley through your hands as you wander. What's the summary? How are we to summarise this first section? The seed is sown. Lands in four different places. The place where it lands determines how it grows. Isn't that right? Isn't that a summary of that first section? The seed is sown. It lands in four different places. And the place where it lands determines how it grows. So lay by for a moment. There's the parable, there's the story. Lay by before we go into the meaning of the story. Before we think about our own hearts, that's what a reader of Mark's gospel has to do. Well, what soil am I? That's the question. So as you're sitting there listening to my lay by start, we're just going to pull in for a moment before we go off on the meaning of the parable. Ask the question and answer it. What soil type am I? Because here Jesus, in verses 9 to 13, he takes a stop in the layby, And he tells the disciples the reason for the parable, the reason why he speaks in parables. Let's just read that section again, verse 9. Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? So why does Jesus speak in parables? I wonder what your answer would be to that question. Because here's what I thought it was, for a long time. In fact, before about three days ago, <laughs> when I read this parable again and gone, what? Really? Now, I I know I've read this before and I know I've kind of done a little bit of work on this, but, but really? Because I thought Jesus told parables to make something easier to understand. I thought that Jesus told parables to break an idea down and by using visual contextual illustrations. Like a farmer sowing his seed, because that's what he used to do. They didn't have combines and tractors and sowers, fertilizers and that kind of thing. I thought Jesus told parables because they were great illustrations, like every good preacher should do. Don't parables make everything true and obvious? In fact, aren't parables really great for teaching children? None of the above none of the above look what Jesus is doing he quotes from Isaiah he quotes from a time when he gives God gives the prophet Isaiah a message of judgment to his people there was no message of good news from Isaiah to the people There was no message of repent and believe from isaiah isaiah's message was this will happen to you judgment because of you because of how you've treated god and so you see why jesus tells parables listen they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding otherwise they may turn and be forgiven so in other words Jesus tells stories, he tells parables to prevent people from understanding who he is and what he came to do. So that people won't see the need for repentance and won't be forgiven. Shall I just say that again? Because aren't you sitting there thinking, no, no, no you can't be right. Let me read Isaiah, the quote again. This is what we've got to do with God's word. We've got to tackle it. I've heard numerous talks that just go, oh, let's skip those verses. Let's go straight to the meaning of the parable. And you know what? With my wife, I was debating long and hard this week. Should we just go to the meaning of the parable and miss these verses out? Kerry said, yeah, let's do it. No, she didn't. Kerry said, no, let's deal with them. So we are trying to deal with them. Let's do the quote again. They may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they may turn and be forgiven. That's Isaiah 6, 9 and 10. And so Jesus is telling stories to prevent people from understanding who he is and what he has come to do so that people won't see the need for repentance and won't be forgiven. You see, parables divide people. Parables are not safe parables are not friendly parables are not children focused i haven't even spoken to katie sorry chris your wife and said hey do you know what the meaning of this parable actually is now i think that they'll get enough in there i'm sure they will with katie's teaching but they're not children friendly and here's the danger are you not sitting there asking the question whoa, whoa hold on so does that mean that actually I cannot help be the soil type that I am. How can God hold me responsible? If he teaches in parables and I just don't get it, then hold on, how can God hold me responsible? Well I can't, I can't ask that question. Why, because the sovereignty of God, God's sovereignty in salvation It never, ever, ever undermines human responsibility. It's why Jesus keeps going, listen, hear, hear, hear. Because as I preach, as I teach, and as we teach and admonish each other, then the good news of Jesus is to be responded to. Jesus teaches and he divides people. But the good news of Jesus is to be responded to. And as I read these and listen to them and preach them, Do you know what I'm wishing not wishing bad word hoping do you know what I'm hoping for I'm hoping for the fourth type of soil of course I am I'm hoping that the listeners are the fourth type of soil that we're listening that we're good soil that the seed within us is going to grow and it's going to flourish Jesus beckons the people listening to this parable seven times to listen and to hear, to be good soil. See, parables are either an act of judgment, listening will harden the heart, or parables are an act of mercy. They draw people in. Look at the disciples. The disciples come to him. Did you see that? Did you see that in verse 10 when he was alone? The 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. Perhaps that's happening for you at Town Church Bister. Town Church Bister is is drawing you in. You you kind of like it here. It's a bit weird and we don't do things quite well and we get nosebleeds and all kinds of things. And it's messy and it's not quite like how church used to be for you. But you're being drawn in. There's something about this. It's what the teaching of Jesus does. It either divides you, divides, and it's judgment, and you hate it, or it pulls you in. It's an act of mercy. Perhaps you've come with many questions. And that's what the disciples did. You've come with an intuitive heart. Tell me more. I want to be the fourth soil. Don't you? In this parable... Don't you want to grow? Don't you want to respond in such a way? I want my friends to be the fourth soil. I want every person in this room to be the fourth soil. I'm desperate for some of my pals, who I don't think know Jesus now, to be the fourth soil. So out of the lay-by, that's why Jesus teaches in parables, they divide. It's either words of judgment or their words of mercy. They pull you in they pull you in, and that's our prayer. Let's go to verse 14 and the meaning of the parable. And so he's saying to his disciples, understand this, because to you, the word of God has been given, to you, the secret of the kingdom, he says, to you, I'll help you understand this. So let's be like the disciples, that we would sit and go, Lord, come on, teach me then. Teach me the secrets of the kingdom of God. Teach me something of you. Open my eyes. Help me to hear you. Help me to listen to you. That's the prayer for the final part uh, of this parable. Look at verse 14. I'll read this section again. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, 60, some 100 times what was sown. Let's look at the four soils quickly. Well, in fact, the first one, path, we looked at it before, but let's try and drive through the application for us. The path is not soil, there's not even any root. The seed falls along the path. The word is sown, the word is taught. It's heard, but what happens? The birds come and eat it. It cannot germinate. It cannot grow. The path is hard. It's the hard heart that doesn't want anything to do with God's word. It's Satan snatching it quickly away. I remember a few years ago, going to see a couple of mates from university. We hadn't been in touch for a long time. I was doing something uh, where they now live in Shrewsbury. Bertie and Louie, hope one day they'll hear, uh, listen to this talk maybe. And we sat uh, and they were quizzing me a little bit. What do you do, What What's your job entail of now? And I work for an organisation called Christians in Sport. Uh, and we talked a little bit about what we did and, and, and they were quizzing me. What do you exist for an organisation like that? And I said to tell sports people about Jesus. And help those who are Christians to tell others about Jesus. And they looked at me. You know what Bertie said? Lanks, I'll never forget it. It's like you're speaking another language. See, the word was sown. just a quick one. But I I just help sports people understand who Jesus is. And then help other Christian sports people tell others about Jesus. And the word was sown. And before it could take any root, snatch it away. It's like you're talking, speaking another language. Do you know people like that? Of course you do, I'm sure you do in the workplace. (coughs) Neighbors can't take any such root. What about the rocky places? Well, it says there, they receive it with joy. Look at verse 16. They hear the word, not once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Do you know others like that? I think for me in my work doing sports camps in the summer for young people, we see this every summer. There's joy on receiving the word. Yes, I want to become a Christian. And I think, It's really authentic when young people do that. I've understood a bit of who I am and I've understood who Jesus is and I've understood what Jesus has come to do. Yes, I want to accept him as my Lord and Saviour. And then they're not back at camp a year after. And you dig a bit deeper and you know the youth leader maybe and you realise this is exactly what's happened it's like the soil, the, the seed in rocky places, receive it with joy. There's a commitment to I'll follow. And then bang, back home. When persecution comes and that might simply look like ridicule. What? At a Christian camp? Nah. You out of your mind? What's happened to you? Oh yeah, 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 you may be right. It's maybe just something in the summer. That's what happens. What about the third soil? Weeds, the things of the world. Look at verse 18. Still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. Look at those three things. Worries of the world, caught up with spending time worrying about life, the day ahead, the week ahead so debilitating so easy to do deceitfulness of wealth how is your bank account dear friend are you being a good steward of every good gift that god's given you are you giving back to god what is his are you generous with your money see the warning sign from jesus what about the desires for other things, competing gods, good counterfeits for God, popularity perhaps, beauty, success, anything that crowds out the word of God from growing? What soil are you? And then look at verse 20. Look at the good soil. Receive and accept the word. Can the question be, are we all three soils or four soils? Maybe not the first one, but can I be soil two, three, and four? (coughs) And at times, perhaps, yeah, at times. But here's the key difference. It is that in the original language, the the verb here, then it can be past or progressive. And three occasions, the word here, it's like heard, heard, heard heard in the first three soils they heard it and it ended and it finished and this is what happened there was a little bit of growth and then stop but the verb here for the fourth soil is that you keep hearing and you keep producing 30 60 100 times that what was sown. it's Progressive. It's listening to God's word daily, weekly, that then produces 30, 60, 100 times. Perhaps that's why Jesus says 30, 60, 100 times. Progressive. 30, 60, 100 times. As I listen to God's word, as I let it teach me, as I say, Lord, transform me. That's why we'll make much at Town Church Bista of God's Word being taught. We'll say we want to come underneath it. We want God, do you remember the first Sunday, maybe, second Sunday? If you were here, the Bible above our heads saying this is how we want God's Word to be. We don't want to be in front of it where it's just us and oh, now and again we'll drop back to God's Word. We don't want God's Word to be in front of us where it's just God's Word and there's no personality or character uh, involved. We want to stand underneath God's word and say, hey, it's his authority that we take taking. It's his word that we're listening to. It's his word that will continue to change us so that it's progressive. So that there's a fruit, a crop, 30, 60, 100 in your life growing more like Jesus, making him known to people around us. We'll keep teaching God's word from the front. We'll keep teaching God's word to each other. You're in a small group. Great. If not, join one. Growth groups kicking off really soon. Threes, fours, reading together, working out what the Bible says together, keeping each other accountable. We want to be a church who sows the word of the good news of Jesus. And we pray that hearts would receive it like good soil. Are you listening are you listening to God's Word I wonder will you receive the seed today the soil receives the seed that the sower sows let me pray Father, confess, we want to confess as we read such a story. Of course, we'll place ourselves as one of the soils, and we must, that's what the story drives us to do. Just conscious that if we're good soil, and pray that many are, we only know we're good soil because you shared the secrets of the kingdom of God with us. It was you that opened our blind eyes. It was you that softened our hard ears. (laughs) It's you that made us hear uh, your word. And we're thankful, and that's what grace is. And so we want to say thank you for grace. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for your words. And we want to pray for others uh, that perhaps don't put themselves in uh, that good soil, maybe in soils one, two, or three, Father, we ask that uh, your word would continue to do its work as we trust that it will. Please grow us as a church, as we listen to you, as we come before you, as we ask continually that you'll change us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.